Pentagon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. So it's always good to be able to hang out with the people that pay my bills. <laughs> You're listening to, to the Lance J Radio Network HealthCast. A lot of people on the new feed. This is this is the kickoff. This is actually the first segment that all of our new listeners on WVOL and WOL in Washington, D.C. will hear. So uh, I, I wanted to bring in some of the best people that we had on on the team, so so I have uh, I have my man Rick Whitted, who's the CEO. If you're here, if you're here at Rise 2021 in Colorado Springs, we we've kind of taken over. We have we have the nicest booth. Agreed. Um, it is true. We, we have we have great my my great sponsors from Insight and Health and U.S. Hunker. So I have I have Carissa and I have Rick with me and we're going to we're going to talk a little bit of healthcare. Rick Rick is a podcast expert. So Rick's been through all of these these battles before. If you haven't if you haven't had a chance to to listen to Rick, you got to download, you got to get Rick's book. He talks so much about leadership and navigating through the corporate community. But Rick had a had a fantastic podcast that he did with his son and a lot of great material, very very well produced. All of that stuff. So it's great to have it's great to have both of you here, hanging out with me. You know, this is this is the first time that we've done a big event to, together. This is really kind of a turning point for me in my career. You know, I've I never thought that I'd have a chance to broadcast Rise. I never thought I didn't know if there were going to be a lot of people coming back to Rise. With what we've seen with COVID and what we've seen with the Delta variant. And um, it's great to see people out here, and, and, and Colorado Springs is an extremely beautiful place to, to spend some time. I know that Rick and I have talked about bringing families up here and, and hanging out. So I, I want to get out of the way and let, and let you two talk, because I'm not doing a monologue. Neither of you have said anything yet. Um, so I wanted to, to, to welcome Rick and Carissa to, um, to the Lance J Show. So glad to, to have you. And I want to I start with you, Carissa. You're Carissa and I are both Highmark alums. Uh, Krista fought her, her keister off to get Insightin' Health to sponsor the show. So Insightin', um, Insightin' and Engagement were the two people, the first people that wrote me a check. So I'm looking at Derek Tavares. He's over, he's over selling somebody on Engagement Health and, and his services. Derek is a consummate salesperson. And um, I wanted to give you the floor to start, Carissa. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your career arc and, and tell us about some of the great things that Insight and Health is, is doing. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show, James. Um, so I'm Carissa Steinrein. I'm the Vice President of Clinical Strategy for Insight and Health. Um, my background is as a clinical social worker, um, predominantly working with health plans. Met, you know, met and kind of knew about, heard of James um, from back, back in the days of working at Highmark, uh, Gateway Health. Um, you know, and then prior to that, did a lot of boots on the ground social work, 
um, as well as some consulting work. But now I'm really excited to be with Insight and Health, and I'm really excited that Insight and Health is sponsoring James and, and Paragon 7 um, because of all the great innovative work that not only James is doing, Insight and Health, but all of your other partners, sponsors, U.S. Hunger. Yeah. Um, so Insight and Health is a consumer engagement platform um, across the member continuum, across the member journey, we say from pediatrics to geriatrics. Um, you know, working with Medicare Advantage, managed Medicaid, ACOs, um, to help them with things like gap closure, improving CAPS uh, ratings and driving member experience, member engagement, um, all the way across that, that continuum. Um, and we work with um, health plans as small as five, 600, up to mm. having a, um, a large national plan with uh, over 5 right. million lives. Well, it's great to have you to, to co-host. Rick, introduce yourself. Don't be shy, man. Give, give the audience the spill about the, the leafy <laughs> produce and the, and the farms and dignity discretion. Did I get it all right? You, you got it all, all right. right. I've been listening to you. I, I, I listen. Well, I, I'm a sponge. Well, I, I absorb the, all of those things. The only reason I didn't say anything because your voice is so sultry. I'm, oh, I'm no, usually I'm hearing so it on the air. <laughs> now, a, I got my game face I'm on. I'm sitting I just, next I to just, you. Your whole motif changed. I just moderated changed. a panel, and I got my game face you, on. You really so do. Really, really I'm do. really deep into my bag today. So we got we to gotta, we gotta go out here and close some clients, man. So I got I to gotta put the extra the extra voice on on today but tell us about tell us about us hunger man before you start i met rick during the pandemic during um you know i met i met you via zoom even i met carissa via zoom you know we knew a lot of the same people but i i didn't know rick's team i didn't know his people but i was immediately you know when you know that Hey, these are the right people that you want to do business with. I knew that from the first time that I met Rick. Thank I was you like, so Rick much. Rick was an outstanding guy. I'd already known Derek, uh, had been friends with Derek and a colleague of Derek's for many years. But um, really what impressed me about Rick was his mission-oriented view of the work. Mm. And then when, when you sent me your impact report, I said, this is so professional um, I remember getting it. Sarah Sarah emailed it to me at about midnight, and I stayed up until three in the morning reading it. <laughs> and I knew then I was like, I got to be in business with with this team. Like this is a, a great opportunity. So tell tell the audience about U.S. Hunger. I mean, they've been hearing you. Anyone that listens to me hears U.S. Hunger commercials every thirty minutes. But uh, but tell us about your career arc and how you got into the nonprofit sector. Absolutely. You know, and first I just say, you know, long before. We were a visible sponsor for you. You were an ambassador for us already out of the gate. So I don't know that I've done this, but you know, to your listenership, um, just thank you so much for the ambassadorship to oh, our mission. It's incredible. It's um, you reached out and said, how can I help before anything else came up, before sponsorship came up? And you know me, for us, it's not just that we we work uh, or we work with someone it is it is 100 who do yep. we work with characters everything and as a nonprofit, your your credibility there are your a lot reputation. of bags and charlatans in this industry and yes. i've worked with a lot of them and some of them are here <laughs> some of them are here i'm looking at some of them but not at this table not at this table but yeah rick you've been a a, a a man of a very high character and i and i appreciate those actors. well i I'll, i appreciate that but i my character sits on the the backs of an incredible team you yeah. mentioned sarah and, and many others They're they great. just do a wonderful job yeah, and you know i'm a 30-year almost corporate banker uh, who sat on the board for U.S. Hunger for a couple of years, fell in love, 
Uh, and uh, as right before we were going into the pandemic, I became a CEO uh, of the organization. So as you can imagine, really trying to navigate a, uh, an organization of a bunch of do-gooders, right. right? And here I am, this business guy. And it's been wonderful, James, because um, I think what the team has proven is that not-for-profit um it does not mean not high caliber results. It doesn't mean that there's not strong business practices. Mm-hmm. Um, margin equals mission uh, and finding good partners that can take what we do, which is feeding uh, families in food desert, low income areas mm-hmm. and finding partners like James and Derek and, and Carissa that says, hey, that overlaps with the government payer space. Yeah. You have an incredible product. It does. And so U.S. Hunger, uh, we do a number of things, but why we're here at Rise is our full cart program, which is we deliver a Blue Apron Amazon experience to uh, folks who live in food deserts and um, who are in what we call um, the pink areas on our map. That's, um, Mm -hmm. you know, higher um, poverty, low-income areas. And so uh, we believe that those people deserve dignity. We believe those families deserve help, but discreetly for many people, it's really hard to have a conversation about why I can't meet the needs, the basic needs of my family. And we provide a virtual platform where you can discreetly go, apply, tell us your story, um, and we send a box of food directly to your front door. And I think most importantly, I'm sitting here looking at our box. It doesn't say food help. It doesn't say right. you're not in a line, but you're in a line. Um, it says that you actually deserve the best that can be offered. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what we provide. It is farm to table. It is literally packed at the farm, shipped from the farm directly to the front door. If and I had a skillet, I would be cutting up that pepper right now. It looks and, good, uh, doesn't it? Some, and putting some tomato sauce on there. And, I do and, the and corn. Some stuffed peppers, man. I do the stuff. corn. It really looks good. It's it's you you know you you talking to talk and you and you're walking to walk. Carissa, I'm curious, you being someone that's really been in this industry for for a while and seen it from different perspectives. You know, like me, you've been on the health plan side. Uh, now you're on. You've been on the consultant side, and now you're on the the vendor side. What are your thoughts about social determinants of health? And really, you see a lot of these vendors here, and and even the the keynote speakers really focusing on mental health and social determinants of health. And these are not conversations that were germane to rise in healthcare conventions 10 years ago. Nobody, nobody was talking about mental health at all. Nobody, nobody cared. But, but now these programs and getting back to the Maslow's hierarchy of needs are, yeah. are so important. What are your thoughts about that? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think one of the things that really attracted me both to you, James, and, and Rick as well with U.S. Hunger is, is that you can, feel, you can feel the passion and you can feel the kind of genuine nature of it because SDOH and social determinants of health are just um, they're buzzwords right now. Right. Um, so finding a way, and so is member satisfaction and member engagement, um, but finding a way to do these things kind of for real, um, not just kind of talk about them or posture, I think is really important. And, you know, Rick, I know we had a conversation about we could, you could build me an apartment in the Whole Foods store, but if I can't afford that food, that's, that's not going to close the gap. So you, you always talk about asking the why. So really getting out, what is the source of the problem? And um, until we get to that, until we get to that source, um, until we can really understand that, um, it's, 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 it's difficult to make a 
to make a real impact. So tell us about the regional doing. challenges. You you being a, a yinzer, um, <laughs> I was a yinzer for for a year and a half, uh, almost two years. But um, I went to church in Wilkinsburg, yeah, so I, yeah. I know that community very well. What are some of the challenges? I've had a chance to 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 sit down with Rick and his team and go down to Orlando and see what's going on. Orlando's a very interesting city because you have Disney World, you have people that um, are are the apex of, of opulence, people coming in to spend $500 a ticket. Uh, but then you go a few blocks up the road, you know, you're really in, in abject poverty. Yeah. And I know Pittsburgh's a very interesting city. It's, it's kind of segregated in many ways. Yeah. Um, there's there's a rich end and then there's not a, not a very well-to-do end. Um, you have a lot of communities that are ethnic communities. Tell us a little bit about Pittsburgh. Yeah, absolutely. And I worked in uh, UPMC Braddock when there was a UPMC Braddock, uh, Braddock. And my first job was at a methadone clinic in Homewood. Oh, wow. Um, so, and the interesting thing about it is if you plug those zip codes in, so, you know, you can look at the zip codes to see, does somebody live in a food desert? Right. You put in 15222, the main, the main zip code for um, Pittsburgh, Allegheny County, and to your point, you know, it doesn't give it doesn't give a real picture of what's going on because right down the road is one neighborhood that is, um, you know, a, an affluent neighborhood and another one to your point within that same space, within that same zip code that, you know, gives the appearance then of um, having more resources available than than what really are. And then add mm. to that COVID and the lack of ability to do some real grassroots mm. type work. I mean, we're very, I feel like Pittsburgh is very much a a communal type place. Um, the small health plan that I worked for there with um, Medicare and Medicaid, a lot of our membership came out of barber shops and going oh, wow. to um, food pantries and things of that nature. So when you can't have that one-on-one -on -one connection and you can't kind of yeah. look the person in the eyes, um, it really it really makes a difference. Um, so it's, no, it's very, unique very, in that way. Very well said. So this is off to a good start. I'm going to cut to our, our first break because you guys sponsor the show. So you want to get your commercials in there. So we're going to cut to a break. We're going to be back with more of, of the Lance J Show after these messages. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. AEP annual enrollment programs are launching in just a few months, and this is the perfect time to shop for the best insurance options for you and your loved ones. Learn more about individual and group insurance benefits with Engagement Health. Their diverse portfolio includes accident expense, specified disease plans, life insurance, and PPO plans. Engagement Health's licensed benefit advisors are just a phone call away to bring you optimal service in selecting affordable and unique benefit packages that meet your health care needs. Call Engage in Health today at 832-219-5829. That's 832-219-5829 and tell them that Lance J sent you.
Radio Network. I have the I have the illustrious Derek Tavares that's that's joining us. He's Derek's out here. Derek's always selling. So Derek never sits still for more than a minute and a half. Everybody no, everybody seconds. that comes up. He's even people that really don't need his services, but he's just selling them because he likes to sell. So he's he's kinda like if you've ever seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross or Boiler Room, <laughs> or any of those type of movies that that feature uh, that people that are that he's 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 uh, he's Tony Roma, the guy from Glengarry Rim Ross, uh, played by Al Pacino. Like that's that's Derek. He's he's the coffeeest for closers only guy. That's that's who he is. But it's always great. But nicer, Enga- much nicer person. Uh, Engage at Health, one of our sponsors. Derek, uh, a friend of mine, and. Uh, and a colleague in this industry for for many years. It's great to have you finally on on the show. We've been running those Engage in Health ads, and uh, I even got Rampage running Engage in Health ads. So so it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 great to have you. Uh, thanks for coming in. Thank you, thank you for having me. I'm um, very excited to be here with you guys today. Uh, Rise West 2021. Um, well, I tell you, it's been a long 18 to 24 months of. Uh, non-interaction in this space oh, with yeah. COVID. Indeed. So yeah. it feels really good to be back here again yeah, and uh, just seeing some familiar faces. You're right, you know, I'm, I'm selling everybody. I right. want them all to know what was going on with Engaging these days. So uh, very excited to be here and excited to spend some time with you guys on this panel. So thank I you. think before, before I go to the next question, I think, Derek, I'd be remiss. You have a very interesting career arc. Um, I, I talk on this show a lot when my monologues about the concept of ownership. Um, especially in minority communities, that there's a profound lack of ownership. And uh, Derek is an entrepreneur and someone who's had a lot of success at entrepreneurship, has worked for people, but has also had his own businesses, has kind of sold businesses. And I think you provide a, a fantastic business model that young people are aspiring to get, rather it's healthcare or other businesses, that you can be an entrepreneur. You know, Carissa is with a startup um, you know, when you go to startups, you have entrepreneurship stake in that, it, you know, everyone doesn't have to go work for Blue Cross or work for Cigna or work for United, that, that, that there are spaces in healthcare for entrepreneurship. And I'd love for you to, to kind of briefly talk about just your experiences about starting your own company and, and you know, where, where your career arc has been. So, you know, I started my career out at Memorial Sloan Kettering. I was responsible for physician compensation reporting for about 33 clinical practice groups. Um, at the time, uh, what I can say about it is, you know, I, I've spent a good amount of time in the corporate environment. I learned a lot, but personalities and, and, and ambitions always seem to creep out of folks, even if you're doing a good job at what right. you do. And um, my desire and my ambition to be an entrepreneur didn't start yesterday. It started many years ago uh, prior to even having children. I always knew I wanted to do something for myself. Uh, when I entered the healthcare space, I started to learn about different opportunities uh, from my career in, in corporate, and opportunities came about, and I took some shots. Mm. And I guess the differentiation for me, I think, was I did it at a point in my life where the worst thing that could have happened was I lost the money, and I right. could go get a job and start right. all over again. It's very different when you're trying to be an entrepreneur and you have a wife, kids, two children, a yeah. mortgage. It's yeah. just a different it's level different. of risk. Yeah. So, you know, I, I encourage you out there that have an ambition to do something for yourself and, and get out there and try. Do it early. 
fail right. early. Even if you fail and you lose your money, whatever happens, you can. If you're a professional and you're and you have your education, you can always go get a job. Yeah, but jumping point. out there is a risk factor that, um, if you can figure it out, once you find your way to glide in those in those jet streams, you'll never go back to corporate again. That's um, a great point. That's a um, real good example. You know, I've, <clears throat> I tomorrow is my anniversary of opening up uh, Paragon 7 Studios. So um, I remember opening up in, in, in the smallest office on the floor that they had in um, you know, at my building with Industrious, who's also a sponsor. So a plug for Industrious. And once you really get rolling, um, you know, I was in a situation, Derek, where, where I was able to save up a lot of money and have some liquidity uh, so I could make that risk. I could have never made that risk if I didn't have the liquidity and it was years of savings uh, to gamble on myself. But yeah, I think once you really get rolling, rolling, it's harder to go back into the corporate. And even those that aren't fully sole proprietors or principal owners, it's just once again, you know, Chris is at a startup. It's when you're at a startup, you have a chance to, to raise money, raise capital, really build a company within your image. You're one of the first people at Insight, and if I remember correctly, you were, you were Real early to the party yeah. at, at inciting um, from right. So you you know, you know and navigate and understand that space. I wanted to pivot. All three of us, you know, are kind of in what what I learned in business school were counter cyclical industries. Um, we benefit financially not out of desire, but our demand for services goes up during the pandemic because people desperately need more support, more social determinants of health. Health plans need more support. They need to connect to members. It's harder to connect to members. But just emotionally, I was, I was talking about this this morning. Um, how has everybody been holding up? I'm not really asking personally, but professionally with your teams and, and groups. How's everybody been holding up with this pandemic? Because there's some there's some inherent challenges of managing your staff and, and company trajectory, all of those things uh, during during a pandemic environment. Um, what are some of the things that, that everybody's been doing to, to kind of keep everything together and keep morale up? Um, you know, I'll start, I'll start with you, Rick, because obviously yeah. food demand skyrockets during during a global pandemic. Um, so you actually are working more, but you have less capital because you have some of your typical partners, the money dries up, but you have more people that need food than ever before. How are you able to balance that as a leader? Yeah, particularly as a nonprofit. Well, right. you know, I, I think any organization, uh, for me, it is about our people. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you started with that question because it's the right question. So uh, as a CEO, I make it a point where there are four times a year that I sit down with every employee. Okay. Whether they're in our headquarters. Is that or one-on-one? On one that's one-on-one. That, on one. Oh, wow. That's an hour, one-on-one. On one, and a, it's a big effort. It's a lot. Uh, but it's important to me to make sure I understand the pulse of our people. Um, and as you, you alluded to at the start of the show... We have incredible people and they, they are all heart and they right. will give it all. And they spend an incredible amount of time helping other people. Uh, and I'm always amazed at um, how I've watched them react during the pandemic. So you gotta think about our crew are constantly hearing stories like, thank you so much for 
your box of food. We literally just had to pawn our wedding ring. My husband lost his job or I have cancer and I didn't know how I was going to eat tomorrow. And so our team rifles through tens of thousands of those stories and Mm. conversations constantly. So it's important to check in. And I think as a leader, if you're spending all of your time trying to make sure the business stays alive and you are working your people to death um uh well one you're a fraud um and um i'm gonna get into that human kindness i've already done my speech clearly isn't at the top of your your realm yeah um, it it's critical james that you know we pay attention to how our folks are feeling i know my people i know their families i know their children's name i know what's important to them emotional intelligence Absolutely. Um, it, you know, just kind of human, right? being human. And, and I talk, it's funny you say that, Rick, and, and I. what's your thoughts next, uh, Chris? Uh, I talk about that on the show a lot during my monologues. That's not something that I was good at. I'm a numbers person. I'm a data person. I'll sit and beat an Excel spreadsheet to death for, for, <laughs> for three consecutive days, trying to find that link that's not popping and to fix it to solve the problems and solution. I've had people come in my office crying. I'm going through a divorce. I'm going through this and that. I'm just like, hey, take some time off. But don't come and hug me. That's not my problem. I'm not your therapist. Let's go I'm group hug, James. We're going to group hug, James. That's, that, that's not what I do. But, hey, I don't want you to work. If you're crying, go, go cry it out. Do what you got to do. But I learned when I got into an executive role that that's really part of the job is, is having emotional intelligence. It has to be more than that. It's more than, hey, you can take three days off and I won't dock you for the three days you really have to metaphorically and sometimes physically put your hands on people um and as leaders we set the tone for how we if if you go to a place that's real dry and and not really loving with their employees they're not going to be as loving with their members shadow of the the, leader the culture at the top Uh, what are some of the things you're doing at insight and i know that you and mark were in the office um, sharing the camera with you on the show last yeah. year. I mean, you were you were doing the office stuff, but what are y'all doing over at Insighting um, to to keep up morale and, yeah. and manage people? Absolutely. So, so that is one of the things that I think attracted me to the company in the first place is the kind of culture that we have. So, Enam Noor, who's our founder and CEO, um, I'll I'll never forget. I know we said not personal, but I'll never forget. My dad passed away right before COVID, oh. um, and he was the first person to pick up the phone and give me a call. Um, he took my mom to dinner one time when I was down in the DC area. He texts her every year on Mother's Day, on her birthday, on my dad's birthday. That's the kind of person that he is, and that's the kind of company that I want to work for. Um, and I remember being a client, and we would, you know, would have it out about something or another, an SOW, or you know, what we're charging for what. But I knew at the end of the day, I was working with a really genuinely good human being, and that's. I think it makes it so much easier to work really hard when you know you're working for somebody who who's there for all the right reasons. And so some of the things that we've been doing just, you know, throughout is, you know, I'm fortunate that our Pittsburgh office is only three of us. So I really didn't have to experience as much of the social isolation at work that others did. Um, But we we did plenty of virtual, we did virtual happy hours. We did um, a virtual game night. Um, You know, we had breakfast just depending upon the different times and of the day and, um, had some like we called them coffee talks where Hmm. there were a handful of us who would just hop on the phone and just talk about anything nothing work related but um you know just to kind of really set the set the tone for the day um so yeah just keeping that just keeping interactions alive is is important um 
Yeah. What we're going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to cut to another break. I got, I have some questions, especially if Derek's kind of settled. I want to talk to the three of you, just kind of a radio tease about uh, some of the fundamentals that you use to manage accounts. I think that that's very important. Mm-hmm. And, and for those listening, you know, we have a very diverse audience, but, but being able to manage accounts and manage clients, regardless of what you're either in healthcare, rather you're in medicine, rather you're in sports, rather you're in education, you know, the ability to manage your clients and build relationships are important. We have three subject matter experts, so I really want to talk about that. More to Lance J Show after these messages. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. We begin searching for ways to not only feed, not only bridge the access to food, but how can we fight disease? Quite naturally, that required, it was a must that we figure out how to get fresh produce, crisp greens, leafy greens, and fruits and herbs and vegetables directly to the front door of those families that needed it the most. And so, we finally come out with a solution. And we call that Full Cart Fresh. We have teamed up with some of the the greatest people in America, our American farmers. And through working with a collaborative of farmers across multiple states, we have created Full Cart Fresh. So imagine this, you're at a farm, the produce is picked and prepared, and it's boxed in a Full Cart Fresh box at the farm and then through our shipping and logistics uh, program we ship directly from the farm directly to the front door of the most vulnerable families in america we have got families and seniors and children around the country who are hungry and as well as hungry are really managing and coping with serious illnesses and diseases. So come along, help us. Help feeding children everywhere through our Full Cart program and the launch of our new Full Cart Fresh. Help those families in need. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly they and are. New York. They are. Connecticut. James Lewis. I've never been to Connecticut, man. Connecticut, Jersey, you definitely from uptown, New York. You're definitely Manhattan, from New York if you Harlem. shouted out Connecticut. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. 